Welcome to episode 103 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. Brian's out of town. He's already at Epicurrence, so he's not here for this bit. But this episode, we actually talked to Dan Petty and Drew Wilson about creating conferences and communities and, and building these groups of people and what the, the value is, where we can improve, things like that. It's another roundtable episode. That's been super fun for us. We've gotten amazing feedback from all of you on it. And I think we're just going to keep doing that. It's really fun. We'll keep the regular interviews interwoven throughout the schedule, though. So let's look at that design details classic. But you'll also get this new. We're pretty happy with it. Gotten a lot of great feedback. And I think it's important that we have these discussions. Before we get into the episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Wayno. You know them. You love them. They're a truly fantastic design agency. They're based out of San Francisco and New York City. And they're hiring. So if you want to go work the most absolutely talented agencies in the business, Wayno is probably going to be your best bet. They worked for incredible companies, Airbnb, Medium, Cisco, Lonely Planet, Google, Reuters, Fitbit, Dropbox, Red Bull, among many, many others. And they've done just incredible work across the board. So they're hiring both a designer and a design intern role. So no matter what kind of stage you're at, as far as development or your career, they are looking for designers in that skill level. The last couple of people that I've hired have been either on the show or listeners, and the studio's founder, Haralda Thorlifson, was on our show twice. The team is amazing. The work is incredible. You should go to wayno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O, and there's a careers link in the header. Click that, let them know you came from us, and get an awesome job. Go do it. There's no reason not to. So thank you once again to Wayno for sponsoring the show. And with that, let's get into episode 103 with Dan Petty and Drew Wilson. All right. Hey, what's up? My name is Drew Wilson, and I'm on the podcast with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you do outside of that? Uh, that's Pod- my real intro. <laughs> this is my new day job Damn. for today specifically. <laughs> I am an entrepreneur and a designer and developer and a father and a husband. Nice. Hey, I am Dan Petty. I am a father, husband, you're just copying his shit. Surfer, no. In reverse order. Snowboarder. <laughs> hey, priorities first. <laughs> no shame. And I am a designer, web designer, and uh, the host of uh, an event called Epicurrence and Epicurrence the Montus. Spinoffs. So we wanted to talk to you guys about conferences, community, designers, like why you're both putting on You guys must really like events. us to actually invite us places yeah. in large quantities. <laughs> So for people that don't know, maybe you can explain uh, ValueCon and then Epicurrence. And then let's get into like why you do this. Why does this matter? Okay, so I started ValueCon in 2011. And it's at the time, at that time, there wasn't like a whole lot of new stuff going on in the conference world. And I've actually never, at that point, never been to a conference or a design conference. Uh, so I had nothing to base it on when I decided to do a conference. The reason I decided to do it is because I was seeing all these conferences and all like their speaker lineups as like the same human beings everywhere. And I thought there was a lot of cool people that I knew and people that I didn't know at the time doing awesome stuff. And they weren't being able to, they weren't having a chance to talk about it. And so I wanted to create a conference. If you look at the 2011 site, it says the unsung heroes, a bunch of places. So I wanted to create a conference all about people that have never talked before, but are doing cool stuff. And I want to give them like a voice in our community. Um, and I really liked where I lived at the time in Carlsbad, and I still do. So I wanted to have it there. 
And um, and Carlsbad is near San Diego. Yeah, man, it's north of it, about thirty minutes. Um, and so what I wanted to do. I was, I was just trying time. to give reference. This is a, it's in California. It's a Drew Wilson thing. It's a Drew Wilson thing. So what I want to do is bring people up there and kind of give them like the North County experience, like the the sun and the surf it, and all that kind of stuff. And North County being North County being San Diego, man, about thirty minutes north. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I did it. I was like, the way that I decided to do it is I put a dribble post up, and it had like this this little star beam or something like that's going across the night sky and it said, Valio Con 2011. And that was all it said. And, it's, and I, on the post, I was like, yo, I'm going to do a conference in, in Carlsbad, man. You're going to come out to it. It's going to be great. And everyone's like, yeah, man, it'll be so awesome. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like four people said it'd be awesome. Then I'm going to do it. So I decided to do it. And again, having no experience and never even having been to a conference before. And, <laughs> that's great. But I was like, man, if anybody else could do it, I could do it. As it turns out, it's it's a lot more difficult than I thought it would be to actually, not to put on the conference, but to have the ability to do anything else after the conference um, because it costs a lot of money, something I didn't really foresee. Uh, and so anyhow, we can get into more of that kind of stuff later. But then I did it again in 2012, 2013, and 2014. And in 2015, I took a break. Never really planned to take a break, but I was RVing across the country that whole year. So I wasn't anywhere near ValueCon. But we're back 2016, May 18th through 22nd. Is the, the point of the conference unchanged to bring on the unsung heroes or has that evolved over time? It's slightly evolved, but it's definitely still the same. So um, usually a little more than half or about half the people at ValueCon are giving their very first talk ever. Um, I'm, I've since moved out of just like the tech sphere of people who talk. Um, and so there's people from other disciplines that give talks at ValueCon. But still, the whole purpose is to, is to give a voice to the unsung heroes. And it's evolved a little bit now to be more about a conference of inspiration where you go there, you get jazzed about what you do, and you just want to go make something. So that whenever I tell speakers like what they're going to talk about and what I think they should talk about, I tell them like, bottom line, just make it about you, make it about your story, because that's what people connect with is like real authentic stories. And um, so that's kind of like the whole purpose of it is to inspire you. When I started, I had like, oh, I had actually, I think one or two workshop talks on the first year. And I had like, like, prescriptive talks like here's how to do CSS, here's how to do this, here's how to do that. I had some of those peppered in there for the first two years. But after I was like, yeah, no more, man. It's just pure inspiration. That seems to be a good way to get younger people involved because they always get nervous like, well, I'm not especially good at this thing or whatever. Like they don't feel like experts because they're new in many cases. I feel like there's this thing about designers when they get big, they automatically start giving talks. Like that's some kind of step between like a rite of passage. Yeah. I'm a senior designer and I have to give talks. If I want to be a manager, I got to give talks. Like got to be a leader of humans. Right on. Uh, it's funny. I actually have only been to one conference and it is ValioCon. <laughs> and yeah, the year Drew didn't do ValioCon, Epicurrence was born. So yeah, Epicurrence, honestly, it started because I wanted to go snowboarding with some buddies. So I was, I've been freelance designer for such a long time. 
I could go surf and snowboard kind of anytime I wanted to. And when I went full time for a little bit with Lux Valet, well, it's now called Lux, I was a creative director. It was a lot harder to take time off, um, go do anything really, let alone to go up to Tahoe and go snowboarding. And uh, during holiday break, I was like, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm bummed that it's, you know, it's already Christmas. And I haven't snowboarded yet. It's like, how can I get a, a, some buddies together? Because I know other people are going through the same thing. How can we get together and just go snowboarding? Just go have fun, you know? What would be the reason? And I was like, all right, well, maybe if we made this uh, around like tech discussion or design discussion, we can get a, you know five or six people together. So I hit up my closest friends and like, hey, would you guys be interested in going to Tahoe and just talk about design or whatever? Literally like five people. And they're like, dude, yes, of course. And so it kind of gives us excuse to get off work or whatever. Um, and we ended up going and, but we ended up bringing like 45 <laughs> more people with us and it turned into a, basically like a little conference thing. And uh, apparently people had a good time. So I decided to keep it going. I had no intentions in doing that whatsoever. I was just like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to have fun. And I don't even know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect going in there. We didn't have any audio. It was just people in a living room just having intimate discussions. And it turned out really cool. It turned out people really enjoyed those close, you know, close rooms, being really close to each other and just these intimate kind of discussions. There was no keynote presentations, nothing to prepare for. You know, it was just really having fun in a living room and on the mountain. So took that and decided to try it again in Hawaii uh, last October, which you two guys were at. Brian and I. Brian. Sorry, yes. I'm yes. finger pointing doesn't Sorry, Drew. Work. <laughs> I actually invited you. I, I was on an R V trip. You were on an R V trip. Yeah, there's no yeah. way I could get away from there. R V to Hawaii. It'll be fun. <laughs> Nothing could go um, wrong. but yeah, I did it in Hawaii and it it, it uh, worked out again, um, over surfing. And so next week. Oh, when does this podcast today? Come out? Today, today, today we're there. Today we are in Park City, Utah. <laughs> we're talking about conferences Yay! while at conferences. That's right. Conference. We are. We just got off the mountain. Hopefully, uh, no, we'll no, be getting not, on the mountain. No, we're getting we're on the mountain. We're about to go on the mountain. As you're listening to this, we're as all, you are listening to this, we are on the mountain. We're we're all except for Drew. I'm sorry. Sorry, Drew. Drew yeah, you come. Forget about you. We'll all be waking up in the same house except for Drew. I'll be waking up in my house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty chill. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we'll be in Park City. And actually this year, so I, so at these smaller events, at the Epic Currents events, I can only have really like 50 to 65 people. It's kind of my max. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we're all living in these homes together. It's, it's, it's got to be a small group. A huge part of the value is the connections. And you can't, it just doesn't feel like you can do that on the it's, it's really scale. It's really hard uh, on a big scale. There, there were 70 in Hawaii. 72 in Hawaii. And Actually, that, that like yeah, I didn't yeah. get to meet everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how that works out. Just say that's, you know, just 72 people. It's hard to, and you're there for a full week. Yep. Right. But it's just still hard to get really close to people, which is what Epic Currents is all about. Um, the downtime to uh, get to know people and doing like these crazy activities that you would never do before. Like, like, like surfing for the first time, getting in the Pacific Ocean for the first time for a lot of people. Learning from, Professional surfers. Jamie O'Brien, Makua Rothman, Jason Murray, all these guys who are professional surfers. Yeah, teach learning how to surf from them was pretty awesome. Um, so this year, this this winter, I decided to give my first stab at uh, a bigger version of Epic Currents 
And um, it's uh, this March, this March, the 6th through the 9th in Tahoe at North Star. It's called Epicurrence the Montus. Uh, montus.com for more information. But basically, it's literally the same thing as the smaller Epicurrence events like we've done in Tahoe and Park City and Hawaii, except uh, we're going to try it with more people. But it seems to be about teams. So it's, it's, it's more, yeah building those relationships on a smaller scale. Is that accurate? It is accurate. Yes, yes, yes. So individuals can still come. You can still come and be a part of it. Absolutely. But it is geared towards teams because I think, you know, there's a lot of conferences out there. There's a lot of events out there, but there's not really anything that's geared towards teams. And I think Epicurrent shines on these uh, intimate groups. So if you bring all these teams together, you know, you think about it, I can have, I can have up to 400 people there, but currently we have like 250 people you know, you divide that by five to 10 people, you know, per team, that's a small group if you think about it, right? And so you together as teams get intimate with people, but also you as the team, you know, you're going to Tahoe with just your five to 10 people team or whatever, you're going to have fun. You know, it's going to be pretty intimate. You're going to grow together. It's kind of like your own little company retreat kind of a thing, which we kind of, we treat it as, but you know, it's not only skiing and snowboarding and stuff like that. You know, there's lots of really cool discussions. Uh, we have uh, featured guests that come and, and lead discussions. There are no keynotes. Again, there's no keynotes or anything. Um, it's all just live conversation and the, the, the attendees get to chime in at any time. Um, it's literally like a discussion in the living room type thing. It feels more like a family than a conference. Like that's, it's, that's the goal. It's super tight. That's the goal. I'm curious how you guys... Tighten it, sorry. You both threw this these events you did ValueCon on on a whim and Epicurrence just sort of came together. What was the moment that you knew that you could do this again and keep repeating it? So ValueCon year after year now uh, straight to why was there like a tipping point for you that you, you felt like this was something that, that could be a thing or something that was needed? I, th- I think for, for Epicurrence, when we were in Tahoe, the last day in Tahoe, I was, you know, I, I came to the front of the people and I was just like, you know what? Like, what did you guys think? You know, did you have fun? Is this something maybe we should try again or whatever? And there was like, yes, like we have to, like, I, I, I can't wait till next. I I don't want to wait until next March. This I, this was in March. I want to wait till next March to do this again. Like you got to do this again. So I was like, all right, well, all right, let me see if I can even do it. You know, it costs a lot of money. To do this I lost a lot of money in Tahoe. I was like, okay, if I do this again, I want it to be somewhere different. It has to, has to still has to be around my passions, uh, snowboarding and surfing. Like the only place this makes sense is North Shore Oahu in Hawaii. It has to be there. So um, I think just having that conversation at the end, asking pe- these people questions and seeing their stoke, their pure excitement to to want to be a part of this thing, it was kind of like I felt like I almost had to in a way, but in a sense also like I had to or I wanted to for myself, right? It's like, I don't, it's just, there's just real pleasure with um, uh, seeing these people's excitement and having fun. Like I just let, I just let 55 people have a good time in Tahoe. There's something really cool about that, you know, as a host. Um, and you want to share that with more people and it, it, it kind of, you kind of want to keep sharing it over and over again. So it's like, all right, Hawaii, let's go. Uh, and then as soon as Hawaii was over, it's like, all right, what's next? Cause Hawaii was awesome. All right, Park City, let's go. Where else can we go? And now I'm already thinking about E4, E5, E6. And then I want to do the Montus because I, I really was struggling with only being able to have a small number of people. I was like, this is really hard because so many people want to come to this and I can't let them in just because there's no room. 
So I think just hearing it from these people, you know, straight from their mouths was, was, was a turning point for, point for me. It, it's not like we, we make money and we want to do it for that. Cause we don't, we actually lose a lot of money. Um, it's, it's more about just, you know, our friends want, want us to do this. So we're going to do it. Yeah. For me, it was a little bit different. I, I knew that I'd be doing another one when I came up with the idea to do one. You already knew. Yeah, I already knew. That dribble post? Yeah. So I wanted it to be an annual thing from the get-go. I wanted it to be something where people would always come back to San Diego. I always thought that it would always be in Carlsbad, but after the first one, I realized, man, there ain't no room here. So like the biggest venue we had in the, in the village is, is this, this hotel. They had like an attic room essentially. And we were, it's like, you can fit 60 people in there, but we fit like 74. So some people were sitting on the floor and uh, it was, it was, it was funny how we set everything up, but yeah, I, I always knew I wanted it to be annual. And then when we moved it down to San Diego, so it was closer to the airport. It's like right next to the airport and everything down at the at Mission Bay. I realized I'm like, oh, like there's nothing else like this in San Diego. So by just by default, I have the biggest conference in San Diego. <laughs> so <laughs> that's never been a driving force or anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've always known. I've always wanted to do it. For me. It's so fun, just like you're saying, to see people like super excited about an extension of you. Because, and just like I'm sure the same for Dan, but for me, ValleyCon is like an extension of me. If I were to go to a conference, this is how I would want it to be. I would have freaking tacos from the local taco shop catered so everyone can have it uh, all at the same time. Everyone would always be in the same place at the same time. So everyone stays at the same resort in ValleyCon. Everyone could, you know, stay up till the wee hours in the morning chatting under tiki torches and s'mores. This would be my like ideal situation for hanging out with people in the industry. And so that is what I've created and seeing other people like enjoy it so much so that they were able to fill up the conference every year is awesome. It's like such a good feeling to know that people, you know, just like when you make a product, if someone likes it, it's like the same kind of thing. Do you feel a pressure to keep going or it has that not hit? Like this just feels like a natural thing, a natural way for you to spend your time and resources I think for me, when I started, I just just recently had my first kid, my son, and now I have three. And that, on top of the way that my career has changed, um, I'm like vastly more busy than I was before. So it gets it's it's a lot more difficult to s- spread your time doing a conference on top of everything else you're doing. However, because I've done it a number of times in the past. It's kind of easy to put on. So it's definitely something that I always will want to do. But um, it's a little bit harder these days just because of my time constraints. But other than that, it's, I don't know, it's still something I like, super enjoy. I don't know that I feel pressure from other people. I definitely feel pressure for, from myself to keep going. You know, it's like, I don't, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's coming from. I just feel like, for one, I, I think there's so many awesome places that I want to see and I want to do. And I think this is my excuse to go do it. And I hope it's other people's excuses it's too. It's fun to go on a trip with a bunch of friends. I'm not even kidding. I've wanted to go to Park City my entire life. And I've never been. <gasps> Wait, this is your first time? Well, well you've so been I recently. Went, I went to go visit it recently you, to check out. it out. But this is technically, actually, this is really my first time to actually be in it, you know, experience it for longer than a day. So like, I'm incredibly excited about that. 
Um, and I'm, I'm really hoping oh, this is a lot of other people's first time too. I f- almost feel a pressure in that sense to where I think some people are looking forward to, oh, where's the next one going to be? You know, there's like this whole thing about that. It's like the Amazon jungle, man. <laughs> that would be dope. San Diego. <laughs> Epicurance 4, Zika edition. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think it's more of a, a personal thing in a way, to be honest. I, I don't know. Like I said, it's like I never intended to do this. And I'm not, there's not like pressure for, you know, financial stuff or anything. It's just more of, uh, I guess. Uh, well, it's negative I'm, pressure to do it from the financial side. Yeah. Right? It's like every, everything's telling me not to do this. <laughs> everything's pulling me away from this. Some of it's selfish. Like I want to go see some cool spots. Some of it's selfish as in I want to, I'm a giver. I like to, I like to gift. And uh, I want to, I want to see smiles on people's faces. But um, I, I think like you, I, I have self-pressure too. Like. The fact that I started something, and when you market your conference, you say this is the greatest time you're going to have. And I mean, maybe not every conference does that because they know full well it's not going to be. Because <laughs> it's uh, not ValueCon. Um, it's not in Carlsbad with local tacos. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I feel self-pressure because I put something out there and I say it's great. And if I decide to stop, I built, I like got a bunch of momentum towards something and like made like a cool thing in San Diego, like if that were gone, like it would actually be gone and there, there'd be nothing to take its place. Maybe something would come up. So it's like, it's almost like a failure for me uh, if, if I stop. I, I so, kind of feel that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So Drew, you're like, you don't want to, in a way, you don't want to let people down. Yeah. You kind of have that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not so much like, I don't have any expectations of someone being like, oh my gosh, value comes on around. What am I? <laughs> Nothing like that. It's more like, um, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I think it's mostly on me, but it, I do feel like maybe some, there's some aspect of letting people down, but mostly it's like letting myself down and also image wise, just how people see me is like, oh, he couldn't even pull off the conference more than like a few years. You know? Yeah, no, that's a big part of it too. You know, I definitely have that feeling. Because you started something and it's a, you say it's an annual conference. If it's not annual, you failed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It was that one year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that annual conference. Annually once. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how many years are you now? Hey, annual flowers only bloom once, right? That's true. This will be our fifth year, but had I not done the RV trip, it would have been our sixth. This is a dumb question because I know- Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Stop All right, there. Let's move on. Uh, now, <laughs> yeah. I know money is important. But I think of past side projects, design details, we have sponsors now. Does making money add a different level of pressure for you guys? Or is that is that just the means to the end of this, like, fun and... The whole, I mean, I never once was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a conference because I could probably make money off this. Never once did that cross my mind. And when the first conference was done, I found out how much money you could make. And it turns out, the amount of money you make is your entire savings account being depleted. <laughs> and for the first time in my life, I had a savings account. That was the first year I ever had a savings account. Zeroed out 100%, closed the account. Um, I lost like $16,000 on the first conference. And for me, that was literally everything. Like literally everything I had, I ended up with like a tiny bit in my checking account after it was done. Um, so it was like a huge hit obviously. And before this, I'd never had money. I'd 
finally launched Pictos and it made me a bunch of money. It's all gone uh, instantly because of this thing. And so even to this day, there's still no pressure for me to make money because I know that I will not be making money. So there's no pressure to be like, oh my gosh, going to make a bunch of money. There is a little bit of pressure to be like, make sure you sell all the tickets and make sure you get some sponsors. <laughs> so that way going. you at least break even. So the last year that we did, 2014, uh, was the first year that I personally had a positive uh, amount of money. However, it was like $2,000. And so that doesn't account for the past three years before that, <laughs> which I lost tens of thousands. And the hundreds of hours. I'm sorry. The first year, I take that back. The first year, I did not lose $16,000. That was the second year. First year, I lost $27,000. But yeah. So anyways, you not definitely was not in to make money in the first the first time. And then after the first time, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make money. So, oh, well. But I still wanted to do it. It's, it was so much fun for me to be able to create an atmosphere. Like, we create pixels. We create design systems. We create code. And being able to create, like, a physical atmosphere and be able to create smiles, like, on someone's face or... It, you are literally in control of all of that based on how you set everything up. You're not in control of the individual smile itself, but you're in control of the environment that, that you know, you brings forth that smile. So Our community lives online. Yeah. Bringing it together is like a really special thing, it feels like. Yep. And and like you do, when you, when you go to a city to... Dan. Dan, sorry. When you go to a city to put on a conference, man, there ain't been no conference there before, you know what I'm saying? So San Diego's <laughs> had conferences, but... I don't know of any conference that isn't like, you know, social media experts brunch day or something like that. Um, so why wouldn't you go to that? Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. That sounds, sounds awesome. so good. <laughs> you could get brunch. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny. I realize now I said social media expert. And I don't think that term exists anymore. That was like in for like two years. Yeah, that was back in the day. And I someone's think, still. Now it's called growth hacking. Someone's job title is still that. Yeah. Social media expert. <laughs> and they're like, it's so <laughs> outdated. <laughs> It's like a new title in their company. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Or guru. Yeah, well, I don't want to like press, because I asked the question not like making money profit, but the financial aspect of this kind of thing. Like the parallel in my head, which is different, is like you're running a blog and the second you sell your first ad, it's no longer just a blog. Now it is a... It's not a passion project. It's a business. business. It's right. It turns into a business. I think, yeah, it's... It's been challenging for me uh, with Epicurrence, just trying to figure that out. I mean, because, uh, you know, you need money to, yeah. to run these things. Mm-hmm. This stuff is expensive. And, you know, so the first event in Tahoe, it cost me $75,000 to run. Okay. I lost $8,000 on it. And people got like, they got brand new Patagonia jackets with patches, topo, backpacks, like all cut, everyone got lift tickets. Their rental gear was covered. If they needed snowboarding lessons, it was covered. They stayed in these mansions in Tahoe. Did I need to do all of that? No. But there's there's something about, you know, just like I said, I'm a giver. Like I like I just love to see these smiles on people's faces. I think the creating this experience, it's all an experience, right? I think, you know, creating these special experiences, it, it definitely takes money. And um not a lot of it comes in, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, like Hawaii. Imagine trying to throw an event in Hawaii, not even being able to be in Hawaii when, you, when you're planning it. Okay, first of all, this stuff takes a long time to plan. Okay, uh, 
Drew's got it figured out to a form. Like he's, you've done it for a little bit. This is, this and is in my, the same place and in the same place. Well, I switched it up a couple of times, but, um, my, mine moves around and I, I'm only at, in March. I'll be a year in. So technically not even a year in yet. Um, and so I'm still, still figuring things out, but it's expensive. So Hawaii, imagine hosting a conference in five of the most prestigious houses on North shore, right in front of pipeline, you know, back door. Um, like we literally had like the Billabong house, the Volcom house. It's crazy. We had, we had uh, Jamie O'Brien there. Everyone got a free GoPro. Everyone got helicopter tours of North Shore Oahu. Like, did I need to do all that? No, but still it, it th- that was a life-changing experience for some people, you know, like that helicopter alone was like, I got to go hang out with <laughs> Mike Davidson me. and complain to him about stars versus hearts. Like <laughs> even for me, I, I'm afraid of flying. I'm afraid of, Everything. And we were doing like twists in our helicopter. It was crazy. Uh, and it was raining and it was windy yep. and the doors are off. That it's, rain was like, I will crazy. never forget that ride. And um, I don't know. It's stuff like that. Just it, it means a lot to me. And and the money, I hate it when money keeps falling, falling into play here because uh, it, it, it's crazy because you need it. You don't want it, but you have to have it to do some of this cool stuff. Um, and so you have to have sponsors, you got to do these sales, you got to do this stuff like this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a challenging thing because you want to help people out. Like you don't want to charge. I don't want to charge as much as I have to charge for these tickets. I don't, it actually makes me sick, but I have to, cause you know, I'm, I don't constantly go out for sponsors. You know, I, I, I kind of get the ones that I'm friends with that I kind of know. I don't just want to go get, you know, so-and-so because they have a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. not what it's about. Um, I'd rather sell more tickets or, or just take a, just not get the money, you know, cause it, this never, this started to not be about money. It's just, it was just, I wanted these cool experiences. So I don't know it's, it's a, it's a challenging situation. Um, once you start turning into a business, like you were talking about having to have these sponsors, this money, um, cause running these events, like Drew was saying, it's, it's very costly. You lose all your savings. Um, this winter alone, I've lost every penny I own. I'm actually selling stuff just to pull the stuff off. It's crazy. Uh, and people, people from the outside, you know, they might not know that how hard it is to create a conference. Like I know a lot of people want to create conferences and by all means do it. It's awesome. It's really fun when you pull it off, but don't don't, do it though, unless it's you don't do it unless it's you don't do it for money. Uh, don't do it unless it's your, you know, your thing you're doing it because you're super passionate about a certain idea. Um, but don't do it because it's uh, this trendy thing or something. It's not, it's it's not. There are companies that put on events as a business and they make money. Um, they don't make they don't make like a ton of money though. I mean, they're able to employ a staff of like maybe at the like the bigger ones like twenty people or something like that, uh, but only during event time. Um, it, so it, it's not like big money makers. Uh, for sure. And if you if you want to make a conference and you're not like totally passionate about it, you just want to do it because everyone else is, you'll probably be throwing your money away. <laughs> or or it'll be a ton of hassle for no yeah. financial benefit if that's what you're trying to do it for. And I, I'm glad glad you brought that up. There's there's companies out companies, companies, companies out there that are making these conferences. You know, like what Adobe Max and uh whatever else. There's tons of them. They're making money or they're 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 losing money, but it's their marketing budget, right? They can, they can spend that money. You see conferences like, uh, like ValioCon, Epic Currents, uh, Circle, Squares. All the shapes, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Creative South, trying to think of Xs all of our buddies. 
build. Those dudes, are they still doing it? They're not doing it anymore, are they? Are they Who? not? Build. Who's that? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. XOXO still is, I think. Oh, okay, sorry. Maybe they're Brooklyn, Brooklyn Beta, Beta is isn't not. anymore. Sorry, I got them confused. You guys like like that. Like it's just individuals, right? They're not really well, some of them have a team of people now, but um it's just normal people like me and Drew kind of putting these things on for you guys. So there's a difference there. I just want to make sure you know the difference between the ones that are um, just normal people put them Get on how world the companies or who have Twitter all this money. Flight or all that and stuff, if you're like, going totally to conferences different. put on by a single or two people, um, don't crash the conference because it costs us a lot of money. Well, you, you feel <laughs> yes. the difference too. I've been to a corporate con- conference and like people handing out business cards and stuff. I guess maybe our equivalent is following people on Twitter. <laughs> but it's different kinds of conversations that you end up having. I, I haven't been to ValioCon yet. Thanks. Uh, ValioCon is my favorite conference I've ever been to by far. Hey, thanks. Only one I've been to. Well, besides mine, of course. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> sure. Uh, He's but got still, a high no, bar there. I, 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 I was always, don't, don't go to anymore. No, no, no. I, I was always turned off by conferences. I just It's not my thing. I, I, I'm a quiet person. I don't like to be around a lot of people. But I uh, remember when Drew actually, he re- you reached out to me and I spoke at the first ValueCon that I went to. And it was a, one of the greatest experiences of my life. Like, it was just so cool. Like, all the people there, like, it felt different. I've never been to one, but I could tell it felt different already. Everyone was real. The conversations were real. Um, and, and, like, it was like the unsung heroes. There was that, there's this thing, there's actually a thing called the conference circuit. Mm-hmm. And people are on it. Where they go, it's the same people at all these conferences that go around there. You see the same talks, the same keynotes, the same speakers at every conference. So I, I really, that's what I was drawn to for ValioCon was that it was it was different. And that's why I was like, dude, yeah, I'll be there. Of course. Heck yes. Yeah, and kind of on, on that note, like when ValioCon started, I was kind of like really no other reason than just to be against the establishment. I was not in favor of the uh, conference circuit whole deal. But after meeting some of the people on it, I mean, they're real dudes and and ladies, and they're just doing that because they enjoy it and they like it. And so I've kind of like flipped my brain on that and like, you know, that's totally fine. But at the same time, I'm not really on them as in the sense of the speakers. It's more like the conference organizers that are putting on these events that are so uncreative in their thinking that they decide to just make the normal people that are everywhere uh, to, to talk at their conference. So well, let's dig into yeah. that. Cause that's something Bryn was talking about. Kind of we cut them off a little bit at the beginning about picking people, sometimes younger people, sometimes people that have never spoken f- before. Like how do you identify these people that you want to in a way, like represent the experience that you're creating yeah, for, in a significant way, in a significant yeah, way, a significant it sets way. the tone, right? And you're, maybe taking a gamble. I don't know how you feel. That probably helps select the audience too. For me, for Epic Currents, it's always been about, honestly, it's always been about my friends or people that inspired me. So this all started out just a bunch of friends getting together. So obviously I hit my friends first, right? So Mark Kemian, Tobias, Tobias, sorry. I'll I'll always say Tobias Mark Hemian, (laughs) Tobias Van Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. Uh, Josh Hemsley, um, Are so, you sure you're friends with these people? <laughs> David Bjorka. I said one day wrong. And I will always say it wrong. You lost one name's all it takes. So it was all about my friends. And after that, I was like, okay. You're so that selfish. can only 
<laughs> that can only go so far. I it was just have, supposed to be a singing so out. This dare ass, you? This it was my friends hanging out. He, he's no charging boy. tickets to hang Stop out with it. him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, the best kind of friendship. He, come get the yeah, petty those, experience. Actually, those were incredible friends. They're incredible friends. Um, and then, so from there, it was like, okay, who inspires me? Who did something cool that affected my life somehow? Whether, you know, design-wise, I, I follow their work or whatever. It starts there. And then, you know, I ask those people, um, you know, if they say yes, if they say no, whatever. Um, and then from there, it starts to reach out to, okay, who else is cool? And I just kind of asked my friends, <laughs> <laughs> who's cool? Like, who, sh who should it be, you know, out after I've kind of gone through my thing? And it just kind of goes from there and then it expands from there. Like, I don't, I don't know everyone out there. You know, I don't, I don't follow too many things except for, you know, just some, some cool design work. But uh, there's a lot of cool people out there. I don't know. I don't know a lot of them. So I, I hope to get to know a lot more so I can add to the, to the epicurrent circuit. Yeah. <laughs> making your own circuit. But yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, uh, it's, for me, it's kind of easy. Like just being on, on Twitter and seeing who other people follow and, you know, you get, you find people, new people all the time to follow through, through Twitter and just seeing retweets and stuff like that. And just getting to know people in different industries. There are a ton of people doing cool stuff. And so that's always what I've wanted to do with ValueCon is get them up there to speak. It's a little harder to get them to speak because they're, they've never spoken to them it's a serious endeavor. Like for most people, first time speakers, it's like, whoa, man, Drew, let's have like a conversation on the phone about this. You know, like it's, it's, it's the real deal, you know, especially if they're not like outgoing to begin with. For me, I'm most comfortable in front of people. So for me, it's like the most fun thing in the world. So when I talk to them, I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no, like, there's no stage. You're not going to be above anybody or anything like that. It's just all the same level. It's going to be cool. Don't worry. It's just like talking to, talk to a room full of people. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which also happens to be the number one fear of most Americans. <laughs> don't sweat it. Yeah, no, no, no. But no, I, I try. I try to make it, you know, sound like it's going to be totally fine. And, and people are always every time they give the first talk, they're always like, "Man, that was the best, the best thing ever. It was so fun." Um, and so recently, I've been trying to. Well, I'm not, I won't say recently. Year for years, I've been trying to reach out to other industries. So Samantha Kalis, who spoke at ValueCon 2014, she is an illustrator who worked at Disney. She worked at DreamWorks, Sony. All the studios. Uh, she, I think she's currently at DreamWorks right now. Right now, um, but it was so cool to hear her talk and just learn about that process, about like how she does, you know, background painting, storyboarding, art in general, um, because she's been like honing her craft for a long time, and everyone can relate to that, no matter what industry you're in. Or uh, Julia Kostriva, she came the year prior, and she talked about what she was doing. She's like an entrepreneur. She's always making new stuff. Like she has, she's super killer designers. She has a couple of different stores, like Etsy store, Society6 and a bunch of other things. But she has like these rad pillows. She makes custom pillows and like calendars and stuff, but they look so good. And she's like just been working like on her own stuff as like an entrepreneur for a long time. And it's so cool to get someone like that in there who's like ultra legit. You know what I mean? Like just making cool stuff. Doesn't matter what's happening elsewhere. Like, so it's, it's cool to get people like that in there because it inspires everyone else to do it. And so when it comes to like, am I worried about how they're going to present value? Come, no, man, I ain't. <laughs> because 
Um, yeah, you're gonna adjust the levels on that crap, bro. Right I, I think turn, I think we just woke one. all our listeners up. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. If they were drowsy on their drive, yeah, yeah. So they're now they're work. drowsy. <laughs> oh oh yeah. my gosh, dude. dude, you are a dad waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> please, by the way, please, please no, thank please. you. By the way, if you did not know, a dad joke all it means is a pun. Um, if you think about it, think about it long and hard, and you'll find that to be true. Uh, but anyways, what was I saying? You don't expect the the speakers to set the the yeah okay so way. yes they are going to set the tone because the tone is real authentic the tone is yo I don't know what the crap I'm doing up here on the stage I just know what I do in my work time so then they just tell that story so your all, experience not try and be objective yeah it's all when I tell speakers to talk it's like it's all about you and what you've gone through like tell us that story like all the bumps on the way you know that to get to where you are and where you plan to go like it's not necessarily a chronological order of like here's my life but it's 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 more like what they've gone through in their in their career so hearing that it doesn't really matter what industry they're from or what age they are at all um it just matters about the story and it's inspiring so as long as i get someone that's it's especially good since when it's their first time because it's super real. So, what's the best talk you guys have ever seen at a conference? And then we should deconstruct why that was. And I asked, "Are we going to announce and no, 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 analyze these without just, clips?" Yeah, it can just be like I, I enjoyed this talk because this reason. But I think the reason I ask is because maybe there's people listening that are about to give their first talk, or in the next year will give their first talk. And I think it's helpful to kind of embody what you're saying. Like you don't have to talk about. You can't talk about CSS tips or something like that, like very technical, objective measure kind of things. But I'd be curious to hear from your guys' perspective, like what's a meaningful talk for you? Um, I just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew already went. Drew already uh, yeah. went. Where are you listening? Uh, I, w- I will say that when I ask people to speak at ValueCon, I tell them, if you have a talk, we're going to do something different. And... I always prescribe to them what I'd like them to talk about and make sure like, are you down with that? Is that something you're passionate about? Is that cool? Let's do that talk. Because I, it also helps from my standpoint if they're doing something new because it makes it more like their first time and it's always more real. Um, at Epicurrence, we, uh, so none of the talks are recorded or anything. So I, I have a lot of, lot of favorite talks, but they're, I can't say too much about it because we have this thing called The Nest or what stays, you know, what kind of what happens in Epic Current stays there, um, which is why there's no recordings or anything. But really helpful for marketing, Dan. No, I know, <laughs> right? No. Um, actually, Probably sell more tickets. <laughs> uh, well, actually, we did a, a podcast. Um, that was pretty yeah, public, which yeah. Which was pretty awesome. But yeah, That you, was our first time doing anything in nice. front of people. It was that awesome. was amazing. It was so good. It was Dustin and Hallie, though, that made it awesome. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. They're pretty rad. They're rad dudes, yeah. And that you were in Hawaii on on the beach, pretty much, basically. Yeah, I'll pass on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I the talks at Epic Currents are really cool because you really get to know the people beyond, like Mark Hemian, right? He's a designer, now founder of Design Inc., a, a new agency he's starting, um, but former creative director at Dig, at Oakley, all kinds of craziness, right? North, you go to a normal talk at a big conference, you're going to see him with a, a keynote behind him, some really cool design keynote and saying some really cool bright stuff. Bright yellow, lots of smiles. Probably bright yellow, future. Uh, I watched one of his talks, whatever. that's why. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> really insightful stuff. I mean, it's awesome stuff. 
But if you go to Epicurus and you hear him talk, you're going to get to know Mark Hemian, you know, the, the Hemian, not just the designer Hemian. You're going to get to know him personally, like some of the serious struggles he's been through, um, you know, different things like that, how he's got to where he is, stories you won't hear at a normal conversation that he won't, you know, normally put public. And then that's what a lot of people talk about at Epicurrence. Um, it's really intimate. When I say intimate, I really mean it, it, intimate discussions. People cry at Epicurrence because they're so passionate about and they're so vulnerable about the stuff they're saying. Um, so I, I, I really, actually, I really take pride in that about Epicurrence. I want to keep that going. I actually never had an, a, an intention to make it that way. I was actually wanting to record the talks. The first <laughs> one, and people were like, "No, you know what? Actually, I, you I, may have asked me to, and then told me to delete it like promptly afterward." <laughs> <laughs> I actually think when I go back and think, I actually think it was actually was Mark Hemian, um, who said, "Do it. You know what? Don't record these. Let's just keep it intimate. What happens here stays here." It's like, you know what, dude? That's awesome. We're a small group. Why not? Let's do it. And it just kind of people loved that, and we just kind of took it off from there. But um, yeah. The one use case was design details. That was our first time speaking in front of a group, I think, of designers. Is that fair? Was that your first time? And then our second time, we got called up on the last night by Jeff T. Han and Daniel Mall. Well, Mike Davidson called us up. Was it Mike Davidson? Yeah. It was like that whole group. And like, how do you say no when your heroes call you up to talk to people? Like, that's amazing. It was awesome. You don't get that kind of experience elsewhere. Yeah. It's really cool. Like, there's no, like, there's a schedule, obviously, but there's no schedule. Like, we, we were supposed to talk, uh, start discussions at what, seven? It'd be eight o'clock. We started shit. Because everyone's having we were such eating. a good time. We were eating these incredible food. But yeah, like, you never know what's going to happen, you know? Like, um, you never know. And, you know, Mike Davison's going to ask you to come up, get in front of people. It was talk, worth breaking that rib, carrying all the sound gear over. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, shit! You did break. I tripped over a wall in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you broke your rib. Yeah, I broke a rib on a wall no, in wait, Hawaii. You, you really? Yeah, broke I actually a rib? broke a rib. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. I didn't know until I came back in my car. I was like, "Yeah, that's broken." The last oh, night. My goodness! Yeah. Holy cow! That's crazy. Gene Ross ran into a pole and literally <laughs> almost fell Gene's out. Life. That's basically Gene. No, that that sums him up pretty nicely. <laughs> um. <laughs> In his car or in his shoes? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Both in his shoes. He was walking. Oh, walking. Dang. He was funny. He was so we have we had this tent set up in the yard because it was it was my. my oh, range. I saw this. I watched it happen. Yeah, you were, <laughs> me and Bryn were talking, and then suddenly Gene was walking by, and his buddy of mine. I was like, uh, I was like, Hey, Gene. I, I was going to ask him a question. Gene I said, Ross Gene, can you director. hear us? Because we were messing with the audio. Yep. And he turned around. He was like. Huh? And kept walking, and there's a pole right there. And it, oh, it was so funny. That's though. awesome. Amazing. So funny. What a guy. Podcast. He was on this show. Fart director. Fart director. It was such a good episode. He's so funny, dude. All right. So all of these conferences and all these things that that you guys are working on come down to bringing a group of people together, right? And we have this community, this design community that is fairly insular. It gets a lot of crap for being kind of navel gazy and like bubbly. So, what's the value of bringing this group of people together? What is the value? Well, for me, it's negative <laughs> on the financial side. <laughs> is it just smiles, or like what? Yeah. What does it do for the industry? For me, 
the value from the beginning has always been, like I said, it was kind of like a, a punk rock thing to the establishment of like, let's get the unsung heroes talking and let's not invite a single person who's talked before. Um, so that was kind of like the value was, was that. I never once thought, only until like the last few years if I thought this, but before when I started, I never once thought like, hey, how can I build like a community in San Diego of designers or bring the community of design down here? N- never even crossed my, th- my thought process. Um, but these days, um, it definitely does. The value from the beginning um, wasn't community. That is definitely a big, big part of it these days. Dan, I pass to you. Nice pass. Um, gosh, I don't know how to, how to answer this question. Does it go beyond getting out and snowboarding together or surfing or whatever? Or is it like, what's the value when you come back home? I, I mean, I know what it was for us, but what I, is yeah, it for I you? It's hard for us because we have vacation conferences where people, there's not many people in San Diego in the tech world, right? There are way more than small cities in America, of course, but San Diego is not known for its tech for its tech population. And wherever you're going, Dan, that's very much the case too. So it's not like we can build a community that's like lasting in this area. It's more about like bringing people together who are in this global community mm-hmm. yeah, and having a good time. It's, yeah, it's kind of like you're, you're taking it back online, right? Afterwards. I mean, the whole point is, right, to, to kind of build a community, mm-hmm. right? To, to let these people grow closer to each other. I mean, the, the idea is, you know, people come to these conferences, they come to Epic Currents, and you're already kind of in a community with these people at mm-hmm. some some level, but it's usually really it's high online. level. It's like, oh. Twitter I, friends. Yeah, I, I, know, I know your avatar, right? But there's so much more to a person than their avatar. There's someone behind that uh, computer screen. God, you know? that's it's like, deep, dude. I can go further. <laughs> I can go further. Holy shit. I can go further. There um, really isn't. It's really just a notch in a database. Yeah, yeah. You know, You're more than a number. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, the word has been uttered. Um, You're more than a Twitter start date. <laughs> well, barely. But I think... You, not me. This is so hard to explain. So okay. Right? So community, right? It's like, I know you guys really well. We're really good friends, right? Like we, I, We've had s'mores together, Drew. On your back at my porch. house, next level. And we friends. talked about like space. <laughs> <laughs> what was in these marshmallows? <laughs> uh, we talked about some good stuff. We got deep. We got really deep. <laughs> and so that's what community is. It's, you know, it's, it's having s'mores and being in galaxies. I forgot what I was going to say. And collecting raccoon hands. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't even know where. Like, what is um, raccoon? Hands? I don't know. I said it earlier for <laughs> I know the first you did. time. Um. So I know for. For me going to this, this was my first conference ever was Epic Currents in Hawaii. And coming back, the people I met there, not only had they been my heroes going into it in many cases, many of these people I had never actually talked to on the internet. I just like followed for years or whatever, but it felt intimidating until you get on a personal level with them, which Epic Currents, and I would imagine ValueCon is much the same way, it levels the playing field. And then you come back and you have this new connection that is totally different than what you would get in the city at an event or a meetup or whatever. Right. And it, it's like an improved community, right? It's like, uh, it's more real mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, like I know you guys personally, but like there's some people out there online that I don't really know. But when I go to these events or whatever, if I, I'll meet them at Epic Currents and I'm like, wow, you are an incredible human being. Like, this is awesome. Now we're suddenly great friends. Mm-hmm. And now my community just got stronger. And now my community is actually 
part of his community. Like he'll now introduce me to friends or whatever he or she, and uh, it just kind of goes from there. So I think, I think going to these conferences, whichever one it is, is important because of community and the people that you meet there. Um, you'll meet all di- uh, different types of people, which is awesome. But I think also you have to keep in mind, you have to take advantage of it. These conferences, uh, and I'm kind of talking to myself here at this point, it's like, they can be intimidating. Um, there's a lot of people at some of these, uh, a lot of well-known people, you know, and like you were just mentioning, going up to talk to someone, it can be really intimidating. I think you got to take advantage of the situation, you know, just put yourself out there and make friends, join in conversations. You see a group of 10 people talking, step up, join them, start talking. A group of 10 people is the easiest thing to approach. For some people, <laughs> I mean, for, yeah. for guys like me, it's actually hard. I would, I would much rather. Doesn't let you stand in the background a little bit, like kind of chill. It kind of like <laughs> be the creepy guy. They kind of just slowly come. Kind of I mean, that's just what I expect from in. you now. Just listen, just to listen in, guys. Don't he only me. glances towards yeah. the group every now and again. <laughs> Please don't make eye contact. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I remember when I went to Valley O'Con for the first time, my first conference terrified, right? And I had to be on stage and talk. To, you actually made me talk first one year which was the worst thing in the world for me. But I did it and thank you for that because it was cool. I actually grew a lot so um, from that. But uh, it was actually uh, challenging for me um, when the talks were over, then you have this downtime, right? To go hang out at uh, ValeoCon and uh, me not being really sociable, um, I had to go, I had to force myself to kind of get in these groups and go talk to people, which I'm really glad I did. But it, I mean, Valley O'Con made it really easy because the people there were super cool um, and at a lot of these conferences. But uh, I think if you're going to these and, you, and you're really going there for the community, then you have to keep in mind that you have to, you know, be open, put yourself out there. It's not just going to come to you. Sometimes it will actually Rules. be a part of it. Rules to follow. Um, I, will, I will say something kind of along the same lines. Of, of, I guess, nervousness or whatever. Um, I mentioned this before. I'm very comfortable talking in front of people. It's something no. I enjoy a lot. But when it comes to like picking speakers and stuff, a big reason I don't have a lot of the famous people is because they've already talked enough and they've said the same talk and we don't need to hear them. But there are some people I'm like, this person's cool. I want to hear about them. Something they've never talked about. I want to hear about their story. Um but I'm just too intimidated to ask him. Really? Yeah, really? That's the Drew Wilson. Issue. Yeah. Do you do you just ask anyone? Like some people are like, there's oh, no, 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 no way no, no, they no, would no. speak a value. I, in my mind, like there's no way they would speak there. There's no way. So I just don't uh, ask him. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely feel that. I don't know why anyone would want to come talk at mine, but I'll, if there's someone that I really want, I'll like go through a friend of a friend of a friend and kind of go that way. I won't reach out to them like cold. Cold, he reached cold out to me cold. cold. The first time I ever met him was over breakfast when he asked me to speak or do the live show. Did I? Yeah. Wait, I think, cold? I think, yeah. I guess you're other? just not intimidating, yeah, man. He tweeted at me. He's like, bro, come do this thing. <laughs> bro. I probably did just say that. <laughs> bro. bro. Did Jared Arandi yeah. said something, come do this thing. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good round table if we didn't talk about tough things. So Dan, when well, we had you- This is where I was going. Leather and steel? <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Atomically hard, yes. Uh, Dan, when we had you on the show, we talked about, it was right after Hawaii, people were writing blog posts about epicurrence. You were catching a lot of flack, specifically around diversity, uh, both gender and racial. 
Drew, I'd love to hear your take on how you build a conference that that you want to do for yourself. It's something you want to do that you get intrinsic value out of. You want people to have fun. But as soon as it hits the public, you have this pressure to make it 50-50-50-50 across the board for every every split of of people, right? How do you how do you deal with that? How do you approach it? Has what's happened to you as you've kind of built ValueCon over the years? Yeah, so I've been fortunate enough to not catch any slack in this regard. All the pressure that I feel is just been put on myself um, because there are other people in the community whose conferences, which are cool, and the people behind them are awesome, catch flack because of the fact that they made something, they reached out to who they reached out to. Um, by the way, every conference, every conference organizer reaches out to a ton of people that don't end up talking for various reasons. Um, so you can't publicize that. You can't be like, I talked to this person. They said no, because they're going on their anniversary. Trip. Yeah. So I, in my, at least for me, and I'm sure this is true for all conference organizers, the lineup that you want is a lot more diverse than the lineup that you get. And all of that is, you know, it's not a hundred percent out of your control. Cause of course you could be like, yo, we're going to delay the conference until we get someone that meets this criteria, you know, but of course, you're not really actually going to do that. Um, but so I've been I've been fortunate enough not to have to actually catch any flack. I've been I've always purposely tried to make to make the conferences as gender equal as I possibly can. But it's 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 not like an easy an easy thing to do. It's 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 a lot of uh, it's a lot of no's you go through to to get a lineup like that. It's it's a tough thing too because. We're just doing something that we want to do. We want to have fun. We want other people to have fun. And when you say other people, that means everyone, right? That doesn't mean other people that are just like you. That means everyone. And once I started having, because I have two girls, once I had my first girl, I kind of, like something in my mind changed. I'm like, you know, I want her to experience if she ever wanted to become in, in this industry or whatever industry she's in. I want her to experience this the same thing I experience when I'm in this industry, like have the same um, advantages advantages, and and not have any disadvantages that I don't have to have. And I really want her to be able to look up to other women um, in the, in the industry. Not that I'm planning on her being in this industry, but you know, that's just how A I theoretical look at it. future. That's yeah. That's just how I look at it. And so I look at it through the eyes of my daughter. And when I, when I, and when I see girls or women, sorry, at the conference, um, or, or, or women who are speaking, it's so weird, but I, I think like my daughter, I see my daughter and then like, if they were going to talk, <laughs> I'm not an old man. Okay. <laughs> not a dad. Fig- I'm dead, but whatever. Anyways, I'm just trying to say that it's personal to me. And I relate it that way. When I look back on the years that I've consciously tried to do that, you can see a huge difference in the, I guess the diversity of the lineup, but it's something that. If you're going to make something available to the public, like ValueCon is, anyone can sign up for a ticket. You want to make it so that way um, people won't feel ostracized when they're there, you know? And my whole purpose for doing this is so people have fun. Like, that's the whole, like, push behind is, like, get inspired and have fun. Like, that's ValueCon. And you can't have fun if, you know, it feels off to you when you're, when you're in the room. That's you feel unwelcome. 
Yeah, if, if you feel unwelcome, not because anyone's unwelcoming, but just because you look around the room and you feel unwelcome. So that ain't cool. And so it's something I definitely do consciously try to. Yeah, and you guys have take, taken different approaches to how you build this thing. So you you organize the speakers and you sell the tickets and whoever buys the tickets. Do you organize, tic- do you organize speakers beforehand? Yeah, so all the speakers I handpick beforehand and then I tell them like here's a cool idea for a talk what what I would love to hear from you do you publicize that though on the website before you sell tickets does it help you select your audience kind of thing yeah so I always open tickets like basically the first of the year when I haven't got my whole lineup yet and I have like a little temporary site that just says ValueCons these are the dates buy a ticket it doesn't say anything about who's talking Um, and Ticket sales aren't usually the greatest during that time. It's not only until I launched the full site with like who's going to be there, what the schedule is, all that stuff. That's when people are like, okay, yeah, I'll buy a ticket. And then whoever buys the ticket shows up. Exactly. Right? And Dan, you took a slightly different approach, right? People send you emails and you have to kind of craft up until the Montus, perhaps. Correct. But the Montus is still kind of the same format. So Epicurrence is invite only. You're going to send me an email. And basically, you just kind of, you know, say why you want to come. And, uh, you know, I really pick people that, you know, are going to get a lot from the event. But, you know, I get hundreds, thousands of uh, these requests and I have to go in and individually pick people. But I also send out invites from people that might not have requested, you know, and I'll send out. So let's take Park City, for example. Epicurus number three, I've got uh, 65 people coming. I sent out 150 invites and 65 people said yes. Obviously, I can only have 65, but to get to that point, you know, it ended up taking 150 invites um, that I sent out. Um, Some people had requested, some people I just sent out to. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of no's. That's that's almost 100 no's, you know, and it's it's hard. You know, people say, no, I can't come. But, it's you know, a lot of times it's good reasons. Like, I'm asking people to take a full week off of work. That's hard. I'm asking people to leave their families for a week. That's really hard. You know, sometimes they're freelancers. They can't afford to take off a week or pay for the ticket or something like that. So there's so many things that go into account. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who I invite. There's still so many factors that go into account. So it's that part's really challenging, but it's also pretty fun. You know, I, I, I do enjoy that. I enjoy getting all these emails. So the Montus is the same way. People request an invite and then I kind of go in and send them invites from there. We've been spending a lot of time building a community. Uh, we've got this Slack team. It's got like 3,000 designers and developers in there. One of the hardest things that we've come across is getting new people into it. Uh, we have, well, it's not getting people to sign up. That's not hard. Getting people who aren't established in their industry in some way, people who aren't white men, <laughs> people who should be better represented in the community to speak up. If, if they're in there, oftentimes they're just lurkers kind of thing. You know, how do you encourage people to sign up or get involved or anything like that? Do you know? I, I know this is something you thought were thinking very heavily about last time you were on the show, Dan. Diversity? Yeah. <laughs> An old, old wooden the ship. The word? Um, yes. Uh, I, so last we spoke was a month or so ago, and um, I'm still struggling with diversity. It's uh, it's incredibly challenging, um, and more so because 
with Montus being Epicurus and Montus being invite only, people send me requests. So I've already blasted pretty much everyone I know with a request, with an invite. Um, so now I'm just kind of taking in, I'm still trying to reach out and talk to people, you know, tell them about the Montus, but most of it's just people coming in and I'll send them an invite, you know, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty challenging. Uh, so with Park City, you know, my goal was to get 50-50 gender split and it got to a point to where I just couldn't pull it off. I mean, the the event was coming up. I had to, I had to make them, I had to sell tickets to, uh, pay deposits on these homes. These homes were, these homes were wicked expensive and I had to pay for them and people weren't buying tickets. I mean, cause I was trying to perfectly get uh, a 50, 50 gender and then like a perfect um, racial split. I was just trying to do it perfectly um, because I wanted to, uh, I, I just really wanted to, I wanted to see if I could do it. And I just was getting no after no, after no, after no, after like, you know, there's just so many reasons that went into play. Uh, so I ended up having to just hurry and sell the tickets. So I just sent them to my friends that um, have been sitting there waiting to pay, you know, instead of me trying to reach out to people, forcing them to pay, you know, or something or trying. Like I had people sitting there waiting, just literally waiting to to swipe their card or whatever. Swipe their card. They were going to enter in their card on Stripe. What am I talking about? <laughs> it's uh, 1220. It's right now. 1220 in the morning, morning on the Friday. Morning. On Friday. Yes. And I've been up for a very long time. Um, but you don't sleep these days, so... No, so I'm used to this. It's cool. <laughs> I actually have to drive to Tahoe in the morning, by the way. Oh, shit. <laughs> At 6, 5.30, 6. How do you feel um, about coffee? Dude, I love coffee. Okay, good. <laughs> in San Francisco, you have to have coffee. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've been reaching out to people trying to get help to make the Montus more diverse. Um, and I've been getting a lot of help. Like uh, Facebook, for example, is a sponsor for Epicurus and Montus. And part of the sponsorship is uh, for them to kind of help find people and, and, you know, help cover their costs, you know, for people that can't, they can't come or they might not want to come there, you know, various different reasons. Um, and uh, so that's really cool. I'm, I'm reaching out to different people, um, different podcasts, different um, people, community leaders, you know, just trying to help get the word out. I think a lot of it is people don't know what Epicurrence is. They don't know. They've never heard of this event. Like I said, it just started with my friends and kind of word of mouth trickled out from there. So there's still a lot of growing to do. There's still a lot of people that need to hear about this. Um, and and so I, I, I see some of the things I'm doing are helping, but to be honest, I need, I can't just do it myself though. I will try my hardest. I need everyone's help. Um, so the other factor being it has a pretty unique in invite system, right? Yeah, yeah, which definitely slows me down a little bit. Um, I've actually considered, especially for the bigger ones like Epicurus and Montus, kind of getting rid of that. And a lot of people have mentioned that, but... Well, I mean, uh, the Montus specifically has a different invite system than Epicurus. Epicurus, you manage mostly, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. So, okay, yes. I see what you're getting at. So they're, they're all invite only, but uh, the Montus, so Epicurrence, I, um, I'm the one sending out all the invites, just me. Um, Epicurrence, the Montus, um, I send out invites, but also once you're an attendee, you can invite whoever you want. So, and, and if someone requests an invite, you can add them. Um, so there's, there's the whole community together is kind of doing this, which actually 
it's been nice. It's been really fun, but it's still, you know, there still needs, uh, I need better diversity for sure. And it, it presents I, different challenges because you then don't have control. Yeah, then the I'm, I'm now out of control. And um, yeah, and I, I don't know, it's been tough. It's it's my biggest struggle and uh, it's my, it's what I'm uh, the weakest at. And I wish, I wish I was better. Um, and yeah, try, try my hardest. going to keep, keep trying. Um, but it's definitely something I want Epicurrence to be better at is diversity for sure. This is something we want Spec to be better at. Like this is a hard thing. We have what five shows and all of them are white dudes not ideal yeah i'm sorry i'm not ideal you are not an ideal <laughs> podcast well you're yes. pretty ideal you're like 116th chickasaw this is true <laughs> you <laughs> okay. no it's 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 a hard thing uh and like, we try and get more female guests and we get we I think just just getting people in we general. We don't get no's from men. Yeah, I mean you just getting people in general is hard. Like there's a lot of busy people out there. I mean, I just I, I no one really has the answers, you know, to to this problem. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty hot topic nowadays. I'm interested to why just nowadays it's a hot topic, but um I feel like it has been, but I feel like media. it keeps evolving and thus it seems new any yeah. given time. Uh, this is true. Social media, it's uh Everyone can hey, something yeah. some jackass does something dumb at yeah. a conference, mm-hmm. does something sexist or racist, and <laughs> it blows up and then it becomes mm-hmm. a, a point of topic among the entire community. Yep. Specifically around conferences. Yeah. And I will say, um, from my experience, and maybe this isn't the case for everyone, but as the conference became more diverse, diversity becomes so much easier. Um this Are you talking year, about a speaker lineup or? Yeah, yeah. Um, this year, I got like maybe 20% of the no's as I did the pro- previous year because when people look back to see, should I speak at this conference? And they look back on the previous year, it's way more diverse. So they feel more comfortable going up there and speaking. And so I think, you know, it, it just takes time. And, and as as it gets better, it'll be easier. It takes continuous effort, not like a blast of it. Is that yeah, yeah. It takes continuous effort. For Epicurrence the Montus, it was funny because I was uh I believe it was it was a Thursday or Friday. I was like, I gotta do this conference. I got what what am I gonna do? Like I have to if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it now. So thought of what am I gonna do? Okay, created the idea. And then I blasted a few friends, like 20 people, and I was like, if I if I start this conference and I launch a site the next week, will you be a speaker? Because I wanted the whole site, I wanted it to be all about this. I wanted this photography shoot, you know, that no one would do for their, no one ever does that for their. That photo shoot is guess, insane. Right? So I decided to do a photo shoot the following Wednesday. And I was like, okay, whoever can come on Wednesday, email your friends. I emailed my friends and, and DM'd a few of them. And I was like, all right, the speakers are who comes on Wednesday. And that, I, I DM'd you. I sent you a request. And it's like, whoever comes on Wednesday, it's going to happen. I didn't get one. Dude. Fuck, man. <laughs> it was for young designers. Um, and I'm at least three years younger than that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so and that's how I that's how I picked my speakers for that one, was whoever was available on Wednesday. It was simple as that. And, and it turned uh, out pretty good. It turned out, yeah, it turned out 
terrific. But a lot of my buddies who I really wanted to come, you know, they couldn't make it for several reasons. They, most of them couldn't just make the Wednesday. They still wanted to come talk, but I was like, you know what? Ah, it's going to break the site. I don't know. So I sacrifice for pixels. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of these things where it kind of just, you build it as you go and yeah, it just happened how it happened, but. I don't know. They're still really cool people. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. the Hemian. Always. Always the Hemian. He's my go-to. He's the best. He <laughs> he's inter- always down. He's, he's always Because he, he interviews people. Like he's yeah. just, he's yeah. the man at it. He's great at it. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Got uh, Veronica Belmont, Ryan Block. I just met them at Star Wars, They're The Force incredible. Awakens. Oh, nice. What yeah. an epic place to meet them. Yeah. It was Dude, fun. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm excited to interview Helena. Helena? Helena? Helena. I never know how to pronounce that name. Most incredible photographer. She's so good. She was one of the first talks I ever saw in person at Creative Mornings. Dude. She was great. Mornings, nice. Yeah, she's really cool. So you get to interview her. It's going to be rad. Guys, it's 1230 in the morning. Indeed. I think think it's time to call it a night. We've talked about your conferences. Is there anything you want to plug uh, before we go? Go to valiocon.com. V A L I O. Correct. Con. Go to K O N. C O N. Go to Montus.com. M O N T U E S. Why do you guys not use real words? Come on. Valio was the name of my first company. And then I did a conference as one of the products. So it was supposed to be like a corporate shill. No, thing. no, 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 no. It's just I used the name of my company as Valio Conference. So Got it. Valio made. Yeah. Uh, Fire Rift, which you've seen, and then it made Quixly and, and Build It With Me and a bunch of other things, and, and ValueCon was one of them. But I have a question. For Dan. Maybe this is the name of the place you're going. I just have no idea. But is Montus, to me, when I look at it, I see Monday, Tuesday. Is it a Tuesday? You are the man. That's it. It's Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Every time I see it, it's very clear to me. Every time I hear it, I'm like, is that the like furry animal that fights cobras? Yeah. Like, is that what that is? A mongoose. Mongoose. No, yeah, the the idea. I was trying to think of a name. I was like, well, it falls on a Monday, Tuesday. It's only a two day thing. Well, technically three days, but main days are Monday, Tuesday. What could it be? I want it to be like this monster creature thing. So I was like, <laughs> monster you do, you creature. Do the whole thing. Yeti thing. You kind of go through all that stuff, mammoth, whatever. And then it's like Montus. I was kind of abbreviating as I was illustrating stuff, like Montus, Montus. Yo, that's kind of cool. It kind of sounds like a monster type. Creature thing. Let's, let's rock it. Most Dang, of the letters you know? are there for monster. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. I, I didn't know what it was. I was like, it's either Domain that. was, the dot com was available. <laughs> available. That was the That's key. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, maybe yeah, you weren't the missing name that. of the, like, the park they're going to go to or something. I didn't know. I think Brian and I, when you first asked, like, you asked us this when you first came to the other, to do your first episode. And you go, what should I call it? I think you already had decided on the name. That was my impression. But we both instantly were like, mini currents? Like, mini currents. <laughs> Nice. Except that, well, Smallness. many because many because you had originally talked about going smaller, not bigger. Yes, it was originally going to be smaller. Yeah, actually, the Montus was actually originally for a smaller one. Guys, I'm thinking about going smaller. Like maybe just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just go to Tahoe? <laughs> one throw, ticket. Throw okay. a, one ticket. A whole landing page. <laughs> Featured speaker, Dude, Dan Petty. Someone has to do that. <laughs> and, then, and then it's a live, the conference is live. Watch in. Oh, From your kitchen dude. table. Two, two. <laughs> Rad humans going, two. <laughs> nice. I love it. Oh, that's going to be awesome. That's a good idea. Mon, sponsors. two. Get the sponsors Mon going. Two. 
guys, thanks for coming on and chatting so late. Thanks for having us. That's been fun. Go home and kiss my girls. Good night. All right. Mine are already asleep. Same here. (laughs) That was episode 103. Thank you to Dan and Drew for hanging out with us and spending so much time. We actually recorded till like one in the morning. It was pretty nuts. I think it's really important to talk about community. And if you want to get involved in ours, go join our Slack team, spec.fm slash Slack. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. And we have a network account, which is at spec.fm. If you want to go check out our other shows, which are, I'm super proud of the stuff we pulled off for developers and designers. Uh, we've got Does Not Compute with Sean Washington and Paul Straw. They're talking about the issues of modern developers. Uh, Developer T, which started the same day as Design Details. If you haven't checked that out yet, you definitely should. 10 to 15 minute quick bursts of development wisdom from Jonathan Cottrell. Super smart guy. One of the best partners we could have possibly hoped for. We've got Immutable, which is a show I do with Sam Sophis, where we answer listener questions in quick three-minute segments. So it's five questions total, three minutes a piece. The whole show is maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Really simple, can't get bored. And then lastly, Vicarious, which is a show I do with Marshall Bach and Josh Rotino, who you heard on a roundtable talking about design leadership. We just talk about what we do to get away from work, the things we do to kind of escape. And yeah, that's been super fun as well. Uh, we've got some more shows coming this year. You should go check them all out, spec.fm super super proud of what we've been building and we're gonna have products for you folks too we're working really hard on building some cool cool things super excited and we just got merchandise we're gonna put out some special edition swipies swipies are dot grid wet erase paper that you can carry with you so if you want to check that out keep an eye on spec fm at spec fm on twitter and we'll be releasing everything through that. Got some stickers and t-shirts and all that stuff coming through. So working really hard on getting this stuff ready for you. If you want to leave us a review, we'd really appreciate that. Just go to iTunes, go to Design Details, leave us a review. Five stars, whatever. Pushes us up in the rankings so other people can find the show. Couldn't be more thankful for all the support you guys have shown us thus far. I want to thank our sponsor, Wayno. You know them, you love them. They're a truly fantastic design agency. They're based out of San Francisco and New York City, and they're hiring. The team is amazing. The work is incredible. You should go to wayno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O, and there's a careers link in the header. Click that, let them know you came from us, and get an awesome job. Go do it. There's no reason not to. So thank you once again to Wayno for sponsoring the show. So that's the end of my rant, my rambling. Thank you. We'll see you next week.